favorite game is Presali. My favorite game is Euchre. My favorite game is Battleship. My favorite game is Carpetball. How's everybody doing today? Give me a thumbs up if you're doing great. All right, anybody want to play a little Jeopardy today? Come on now. All right, I'm serious about that. Okay, so usually on the show Jeopardy, you have three contestants that are answering these crazy wild questions. All right, um, but as I was thinking about what I wanted to do today, I thought instead of having three contestants, I want to have you as the contestants. Y'all ready? All right, I want you to say this with me. Say crowd participation. Okay, nope, nope, not good enough. You have to do better than that. All right, I need some crowd participation. Say it one more time. Crowd participation. Okay, there we go. All right, we are going to divide everybody into four teams, okay? And uh, these teams are not evenly numbered, but we're just going to leave it as is, okay? So let's see here. This team is the Hawks. Come on, let me hear it for the Hawks. Call, call. You guys can do your Hawk cheers. All right, get used to them. All right, we have our Lions. Let me hear the Lion cheers. Okay, not too bad. All right, over here we have, you guys ready for this? Let me hear these cheers. Let me hear the monkeys. All right, listen now, don't get offended. Don't get offended because your team, you know, it's, it's all, this is all fun and games. All right, here we have the wolves. Ow! All right, all right, we're going to play this. This is how it's going to work. We are going to play a game of Jeopardy. Okay, there are six questions that are going to be placed on the board. All right, and um, we are going to start with one. And then the way you answer the question and get the points is, once the question is asked, you have to get up out of your seat. That's right. Okay. You have to run to the mic, and you have to do your animal cheer. Okay? I'm talking about crab participation, so I need your help. All right. So there is a category that is called Find That Scripture. Okay? And Find That Scripture, when we get to that category, I will give you a scripture reference, and your job is to search through your Bible. I used to love doing this when I was a kid, and I still love doing it. Search through your Bible as fast as you can. Find that reference. Run to the mic. Go raw or oh, whatever. And then read that reference. First person to do that gets the points. If you answer incorrectly, guess what happens? You lose the points. Okay, just like Jeopardy. Then right at the end, we're going to have final Jeopardy. And I'm going to have one contestant from every group. All right, go ahead and, and make a bid and answer the questions. Okay, are you ready to play Jeopardy? Let me hear your team cheer. Come on now. All right. All right. Go ahead and put that board up. Here we go. All right. We're going to start and we're going to flip it. Let's start easy. Let's go Old Testament for 100. What was the name of the oldest man in the Bible? <laughs> okay. You got to go to this mic. You got to go to your, to your appropriate. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I heard a lion first. What is a... Uh... Uh, Methuselah. Methuselah. Okay, sorry, Miss Rose. You get an A for effort, but remember, you need to go to the appropriate mic. That was an awesome call thing and all that. That was cool. Okay. All right. Anna's my scorekeeper. All right. Why don't you come up and give us the next category? Okay. 
Say that again. Find that scripture for 200. Find that scripture for 200. Okay, you can find it. Use your Bibles. Go. Nahum 1-7. Go, 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 go. Who's going to find it first? Come on, Nahum 1-7. Who's the quickest? Who's the fastest? Oh, 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 oh. Some people are getting up. You better hurry up. Okay. Can we get the purple mic on? Okay, it may be off. All right, we'll, we'll still give it to the Hawks. We're fair here. <laughs> okay, boom. Um, the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. All right, good up for the Hawks. Appropriate points. Okay. All right, hey, uh, Emily, why don't you come up and give us the next category, please? Come on, we're going, we're getting through this. All right, I need some action over here, guys. Come on. Where are my monkeys and my wolves at? Uh, New Testament 100. New Testament 100. Go ahead and put that question up. Who was sent by God to restore Saul's sight? Who was sent by God to restore Saul's sight? Good God! Oh, wow. Okay. We got a showdown over here, but you know what? I heard the Hawks first, okay? Hawks. Ananias. Ananias is correct. All right, come on now. That's good. I, I love the competitiveness. Okay, let's go to the next question. Elliot, why don't you? Old Testament 200. Okay, Old Testament 200. Joseph had 11 brothers. Name three of them. Name three of the 11 brothers Joseph had. Come on now. Okay, oh, 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 oh. Okay. Ruben, Simeon, Levi. That's right. Oh, that's good. She knows her Bible. Lions get some points. Good job. All right. Why don't you come up and give us the next category? Salome, why don't you come up and give us the next category? Yeah, go ahead. You, we have find that scripture for 100 or New Testament 200. Okay, find that scripture for 100. Go ahead and put that scripture up. Psalms 42.1. Who's going to find it first? Go, 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 go. Anybody on this side? You got somebody running. Oh. Bro. Okay, wait. <laughs> As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, oh God. Come on, say amen to that. I received that. Don't you love these cheers that people are doing? <laughs> All right, you can go ahead and call the last category. New Testament 200. Go ahead and put that question up. What was the name of the slave in the book of Philemon? Philemon. What was the name of the slave? Onesimus. Onesimus. Very good. All right. Lions, lions are, are tearing it up. They're on top of the food chain so far, huh? Okay. All right. We are on our final Jeopardy round. So what I want you to do is choose one contestant. You have 15 seconds. Choose one contestant that uh, knows the Bible, and I want them to come up to the mic. 15 seconds. This side, you need a contestant, okay? Monkeys, you need a contestant. 10 seconds. Okay. All right, we got, we got wolves have their contestants. All right, monkeys have their contestants. If you don't have a contestant in three seconds, you will lose. Three, two, okay, go to the mic. 
Okay, lions. Okay, boom. Salome, all right. Okay, now listen. You guys can, why don't you grab your Bibles, okay? You can look through your Bibles. Good idea. There you go. Okay, uh, good, good, good. All right, this question, let me get you the category, Final Jeopardy. And the category is the book of Judges, okay? All right, so you, you might want to start thumbing through there. I'm just telling you with this question, okay? All right, we are going to take your bids first, and then as soon as the music begins to play, you have that amount of time to find the answer to the question. When the music is over, you have to have an answer, okay? Now, I'm going to have uh, Pastor Dave... On this side, he's going to go and get, you're going to whisper the answer to him, okay, so that we can uh, know what it is. Is that good? Can we get maybe a, uh, let's see here. All right, let's do that. Okay, here we go. Let me get your bids. Hawks, you have 300 points. You can bid up to 300 points. How much do we bid? 300. 300. 300. 300. Okay, Lions, you have 600 points. How many, how many points would you like to bid? 300. Is that 300? Okay, 300 for the Lions. All right, uh, Monkeys, you got zero points. You get zero, uh, zero bids, but you get the uh, awesome respect of maybe, you know, answering the question correctly. All right, so you guys got zero Wolves, zero, same thing. Okay. credit. <laughs> Sorry, we got none. Okay, here we go. Question is, the theme is Judges, and here is the question. Once I read the question, you can play the music. During the time of Deborah... Judge of Israel, what did Jael use to kill Sisera when he was resting in her tent? Go ahead. You can't help. You can't help. You can't help. You can't help. They have to answer by themselves. No helping, please. No helping. No helping. That's why you chose a representative. No helping. All right, Salome's going to. Guys, time's up. Give your answer. Okay, one more. All right. Okay. Um, let's start with the Hawks. Hawks, what is your answer? A tent stake through his tent play. Okay, is that correct? Go ahead and put the answer up. Tent peg, that is correct. Okay, Salome, what was your answer? She nailed him. Okay, she nailed... We'll count that as well, okay, because that was a 10-peg nail. We confer with our judges. Monkeys, did you have an answer? Okay, what about wolves? Okay, we said knife. All right, where we're at with our score here, I think we have a winner, and the winner is the Lions. Let me hear you roar. All right. Thank you. Good job, Salome. Okay, and Salome, we have, we have a $15 uh, Starbucks gift card we want to get to you. All right, because you uh, represented for your team. And Team Lions, guess what? At the end of the service, we have some candy bars that we're going to hook you guys up with. All right. We're going to put them right here on the altar at the end of the service. They're full-size chocolate bars, the Snickers, all the good stuff. All right, so don't forget to come up and get it. All right. How do we transition from that? How do we get spiritual now? <laughs> I think we need to pray just to maybe get us going. All right, let's pray, guys. Father, we thank you for this 
uh, day that you've given us. Thank you for this new opportunity to hear your word. Father, we thank you, God, that you've been preparing our hearts already for what you have to say to us today. Lord God, we need your word. Your word is life to us. God, your word is a guide, and I pray today, God, that, that we would leave this place changed because of your word. Challenge us today in Jesus' name. Amen. I see there's some hardcore Jeopardy fans out there. I definitely enjoy watching the show. I just get a little fulfillment when I answer uh, a question or two. I don't know why that, that brings fulfillment to me. Uh, but my goal is to answer about three questions per game. <laughs> Anybody there with me on that? Okay. Um, except when there's a Bible category. If there's a Bible category, I think I, I just tear it up. I, I, love, I love learning and answering Bible questions. And, um, but, you know, when you actually look up the word jeopardy, if you were to actually thumb through Webster's Dictionary and look it up, you would see that the definition is very different from the game. It's just, it's, com it's, an, it's a complete extreme. Webster says that jeopardy is danger of loss, harm, or failure. All right, let me read that again. Webster says that jeopardy is danger of loss, harm, or failure. And this morning, I want to talk to you today about the power of sin. The power of sin. And you can ask me, you say, Pastor Moses, how can you say that? How can you, how can you say something like that? Does sin have power? Yes, yeah, sin can be powerful if we allow it. Would you guys agree with that? God is all-powerful, and we know that. Sin couldn't hold him down, but I want to camp out here for a little bit because sin can't be taken lightly, church. Do you know that? You can't take sin lightly. If you do, if you don't have a little respect for temptation and sin, you might find yourself overcome by it. See, there needs to be a little respect for sin and the schemes of the enemy because we know the enemy, uh, we were sharing it today, and I just, I just know God has been preparing our hearts for what he desires to do. But see, the enemy doesn't rest. Our enemy does not grow weary. He does not grow tired. He doesn't sleep like we're used to and, and like we do. But he is constant. And he doesn't stop. And his desire is not to, to peck at you a little bit or hit you with a dart. You know what his desire is? It's to utterly destroy you. It's not even to kill you. You know that? Because if, if, he, if you get killed and you make it to heaven, then he won. But he desires to destroy you. And so that you don't even make it to where you, you are supposed to be, where you belong, in heaven. That's his desire. And so there needs to be a little respect, right? I know some of us growing up, we had some, some, uh, some neighborhood bullies. I did. You know, and I was always, um, when I was growing up, I was always like a foot shorter than what I was supposed to be. So everybody just kind of had a tendency of picking on me. So I just kind of got this thing of trying to be tough. And, um, but, you know, there was always bullies. And... Um, you know, you had to have a little respect for your, for your bully, okay? And uh, sometimes we would, you know, take certain routes in the neighborhood so we can avoid them. Uh, but, you know, good thing when I got a little bit taller, I got a little bit, you know, they kind of stayed away from me. When you grow up and, and you get taller. But, you know, there, there needs to be some respect that's developed. Proverbs 5.22, it's a powerful verse. It's an eye-opening verse. It says, an evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold them. And I love that picture of, of sin in the life of a believer. Because, you know, the deeper you get in sin, the more the ropes of the enemy begin to, begin to tie against you and surround you. The deeper you get, the more another rope holds you down. Sin affects us all. We're at war with the enemy. What is the primary weapon? Sin. 
What is the primary conduit or means? It's temptation. If sin is not dealt with, you will find yourself suppressed and overpowered by sin. They are ropes that catch and hold them. I remember going to DR, uh, Dominican Republic, when I was a young kid. That's where my mom is from. And, um, and we would go there and visit uh, family members. And one of my family members lived on this farm. And, um, and I remember uh, as a six-year-old little kid, again, I'm, you know, I'm like a foot shorter than I, than I should be. And so uh, I'm walking around, and I'm following this little chick, this little baby chick. And I'm just following it and following it. And without me even noticing, I end up um, in front of this Doberman pincher that's tied up against this, uh, against this house. And I didn't realize it. He was just sitting there quietly. And then finally, I get, I get close enough for him to, to pounce on me and bite me and just tear me up. And my dad reaches and grabs me and pulls me out. You know, that day I developed a respect for that Doberman pincher. Because if you, don't, if you don't develop a respect for, for, for that, for sin, it's going to tear you up. If you just, if you look at it from a distance and say, oh, that doesn't affect me because I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, then you're wrong. Can I tell you that today? You need to, you need to prepare yourselves, church. You need to prepare yourself because if not, you're going to find yourself overcome and pounced on by the enemy. Back in the Old Testament times with people of Israel, you know, sin was viewed and handled a little differently than it is today. If you want to ever do some light reading, go ahead and read the book of Leviticus. Real easy light reading. All right. <laughs> You'll be scratching your head, and, you know, at, at, by, by chapter 2. But Leviticus, we know, is the book of the law. And uh, I was reading through a couple of these laws that they had when, when somebody would sin. And uh, one of the, one of the um, laws that I saw is that um, if anyone cursed, if anyone was found out to have cursed their father or their mother, you know what happened to them? Anybody? They were spanked? They were put in time out? No, they were killed. Okay? So if you cursed your mom or dad back in the Old Testament times, uh, yeah, you were killed. That was pretty serious. I'm glad that doesn't happen today. Right, y'all? Okay? Because I don't know. <laughs> um, Another thing I found in the Old Testament when it came to sin and how they dealt with it, and my wife is, she's about to pop. She's, she's going to, you know, give birth any day now. But I, I saw this one, and it jumped out at me. It says, if people are fighting and they hit a pregnant woman, this is in the Bible. This is in the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter, uh, actually Exodus, chapter 21, 22. If people are fighting and they hit a pregnant woman, okay, and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury, the offender must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands. Okay, and the court allows. But if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life. You are to take eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. Let me tell you, people in the Old Testament did not want to sin against God because there were serious consequences during that time. You know, we live in the time of grace, but living in the time of grace doesn't give us the legal right to sin any time that we want. Let me say that again, church. Just because we live in the time of grace, just because the curtain was torn, Jesus Christ died on the cross, and we are now able to approach the throne and ask for forgiveness, doesn't mean that we're okay. We have the green light to do whatever we want and dishonor God's word. See, we are, we are called to honor God in our life, in our word. Roman, Romans 14, 12 and 2 Corinthians 5, 10 tells us that we will all have to stand before God and give account of what we've done. 
I'm getting a text up here. Sorry. Distracted. Let's get back. The Bible gives us a glimpse of the power of sin in the life of an individual. I want to take time and I want to look at an individual today and, um, and look at his life and his interaction with sin. Why don't we turn in our Bibles to Genesis 4, 1 through 7. When you have it, I want you to say amen. Genesis 4, 1 through 7. We're going to take a look at the life of Cain. All right, I see amens. I, I hear you. Any other amens? Come on. All right, I got a hallelujah in the front. That's cool. All right, let's take a look. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Sin is crouching at your door, but you must rule over it. See, church, as, as believers of Christ, as Christians, we're called to rule over sin. Because you know what happens? If you don't rule over sin, guess what's going to happen? Sin will rule over you. See, we're called with God's help to rule over sin. The first thing I see here in the story of Cain is the choice. The choice. I love that the Bible gives us a glimpse of the struggle that happened here with Cain. The flesh and the spirit were going at it in the life of Cain. Galatians 5, uh, 16 and 17 talks about the struggle that we face when we are tempted. It, it clearly talks about our flesh and our spirit going at it against each other. When we are tempted, that's what's happening in the spiritual world. Our flesh and our spirit. You know, and, and if your flesh, uh, if you are full of your, of your spirit, guess who's going to win the battle? Your spirit. But if you're full of your flesh, guess who's probably going to come out on top? That's right. Yeah. See, Cain was angry. Cain was at a crossroads, church, as we read verse 6 and 7. He was at a crossroads. He can go right and honor God or he can go left and, and, and sin and dishonor God. See, there's a choice that we make. Cain was angry as you read this verse, but he did not sin. You know, it's okay to be angry, but, uh, but it's what we do with that anger. That, uh, that is what, what brings us down. Verse 6 says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you, do not, if you not, do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. Cain was at a crossroads. He had to choose. You know, in our everyday life, we are faced with these same type of choices. Every single day. Every single day, sin knocks on our door. It doesn't get tired. It doesn't give up. 
Every day we are faced with a choice. We stand at the crossroads. Do we honor God and gratify the spirit or do we dishonor God and gratify our flesh? For you, maybe it's a coworker that's just getting on your nerves. Mm. <laughs> maybe it's a spouse that you're just having a hard time getting along with right now. Maybe it's one of your children. <laughs> maybe it's when you're on the road driving on the 91, I don't know. And you just, you just get a little taste of road rage when somebody gives you an obscene gesture when you're driving by. Maybe, maybe you have a difficult time speaking the truth. Maybe when somebody asks you to share a story, instead of giving them the exact truth and, and giving them the facts, you, you, you add a little bit on the side to make yourself look a little better. I don't know about you, but I call that lying. Maybe something pops up on the computer. That you're not supposed to look at. Maybe, maybe you go looking for that something on the computer. Maybe it's just obeying your parents. I don't know. But see, we all, we're all faced with a choice. We end up at this crossroads. And you know what? I'm not just talking to the youth, okay? I'm talking to the youth. But I'm not just, I'm not just talking to the youth. I'm talking to the church. See, we send knocks on our door. And we have to choose what honors God. We were talking yesterday. We had a life group meeting uh, life group leaders meeting yesterday and we were talking that there are certain things in the Bible that uh, that are easier to check off the list when it comes to obeying God right there are certain things we say okay I could do that I could do that but you know there there are certain specific personal things that we have in our lives each and every one of us here that I have okay that all of us have that we struggle with at times and those are the things that we have to surrender to God and get God's help and choose to honor God. Thank God that he doesn't get tired of us. His mercies are new for us every day. We all struggle with sin. I love that in the midst of Cain's anger, it's cool. Because you, uh, you get a glimpse here to see God's love. God, God loved and desired Cain to choose the right, the right way. Even in the midst of his anger. He, he was trying to speak to him and trying to pull him off the ledge. And he was saying, Cain, come on, man. You got to be careful. Sin is crouching at your door. If you, if you go the wrong way, it's going to pounce on you. I mean, listen to this verse. This is the Lord. This is the Spirit and how he speaks to us on an everyday basis. He said, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. See, isn't that awesome that we're not left to, to fend for ourselves in the midst of temptation? Can I get an amen? amen? If that was the case, then we would all be defeated. But see, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that's within, within us, His voice begins to prompt us and begins to pull us away from the ledge. And He says, come on, Pastor Moses. He doesn't call me Pastor Moses, whatever. He, he says, come on, Moses. He says, you know, you, you got you to gotta honor God. Do what's right. Look, honor your family, you know. And He begins to speak to us. But, you know, the volume of that voice will depend on what you got in your tank. All right? And I talked about this before. If you, if you, have, if you have a lot of uh, just junk and, 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 uh, and bad stuff in your tank, then you're not going to hear that voice very well. You're going to hear this. Like a static radio. The, the spirit is trying, to, is trying to speak to you, but you can't hear him. But if you're full of your spirit, that voice will be clear. You'll hear the voice of God. 
And just like he did with Cain, he spoke to him and, and tried to try to pull him away. But see, the spirit, it, the spirit does not, he doesn't force himself on us, does he? He's a gentleman. And he prompts us and speaks to us. And, but at the end of the day, we have to make the choice. Does God mean enough for me to honor him with my decision? See, sin is waiting. Sin was waiting on Cain, and all it took was him going in the wrong direction, and sin pounced. Second thing I see in the story is the consequences. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, there's consequences for sin. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if you knew that, but I'm just, you know, I'm giving you some facts here. Let's read verse 4, 8 through 16. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Can I stop there and say, you know what? Uh, every sin that we do comes out to the light. Can I tell you that? That's biblical. That's in the Bible. Everything we do, it doesn't matter how good you are at hiding it. Some of us, we have like gold medals and, and we have like uh, doctor degrees in hiding sin and, and, and covering things up. But you know what? Every sin that we do, it comes out to the light it whether you like it or not. It will. It, would be ex it will be exposed. Cain's sin was exposed here. Now you are under a curse. Verse 11, and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. It, I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain. So that no one who found them would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. That verse jumped out to me, verse 16. It says, so Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. As I was thinking about and pondering that verse, um, I was thinking about where the most dangerous place in the world is. You know, and I was, there was a couple of cities and a couple of countries that came to mind. So I decided to Google it, and I looked up some countries. And some of these countries popped out, most dangerous places in the world. Somalia is said to be one of the most dangerous places. Kashmir, India, because of the nuclear crisis. San Pedro Sulas, Honduras, it has one of the most highest murder rates in the world. Syria, because of violence. Turkey, because there's so many arrests. Acapulco, Mexico, because of the drug-related violence. Iran. Afghanistan, and the list goes on and on. Maybe you say, you know what, I think it's inner city Los Angeles or New York City. Or you know what, I think it's, uh, maybe it's our church annual business meeting. I don't know. <laughs> but can I tell you, can I tell you what the most dangerous place in the world is? Can I tell you today? I'm giving you facts. The most dangerous place that you can be is when you are outside of God's presence. That is the most dangerous place you can be because you don't have God's umbrella of protection anymore. See, you're walking, you're walking in your own way. You're walking in your own free will, and God is not there to take care of you and bless you. See, Cain, he left from the Lord's presence. He left. 
the Lord's presence. Do you remember uh, in, in um, 1 Samuel when, when the Bible says that God's presence was taken from Saul? Do you see that? This is a real thing. Moses in the book of Exodus, he, he let us know the importance of God's presence because God was mad at Israel and was going to destroy them. And God said, God, Moses says, I don't want to go anywhere without your presence leading us because he knew that God's presence meant victory. If we don't have God's presence in our life, we are going to walk in defeat. Church, that's the most dangerous place that we can be. Some of the consequences that, that Cain faced. Starting in verse 11, it says, Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. See, Cain, because of his sin, was no longer able to dig his roots and, and make it home. He had to wander and be an aimless wanderer for the rest of his life because he had to go looking for food because it didn't produce itself like it did before verse 13 through 15 Cain said to the Lord my punishment is more than I can bear today you are driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence I'll be a restless wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me is going to kill me Cain was telling God but the Lord said to him not so I don't think so my brother anyone who kills you will suffer vengeance seven times over then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one found him see there are consequences for sin Sin not only has consequences on ourselves, when we sin, there, you know, there, the consequences weigh on us. But you know, the scary part about it is, can I tell you what's scary? The scary part about it is, is that it affects others. It affects others. See, sin is like a, a snowball on a hill. When you, you throw it down and it just gets bigger and bigger. And it eats more and more. See, that's how sin is. It doesn't stay affecting us. But it affects others. Anybody, the Bible says, that would have killed Cain would suffer a vengeance seven times over. I don't know. I, I, that's just crazy. If you were to kill Cain, your punishment would be seven times worse than Cain's. I, I can't even imagine. But it affected those that Cain interacted with. Lastly, here in 16 and 17, we're talking about the consequences. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain made love to his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. Now, there's two different Enochs. I don't want you to think this is the one that went up with God. This, that's a different Enoch. But you know what's, what's, for me, the worst part about sin? Yeah, um, it has consequences on myself. That's pretty bad. It affects others around me. Yeah, that's pretty bad too. But you know what? What's worse for me is that it affects, it affects our loved ones, those that are closest to us. You know, a lot of things changed in my life when I became a parent a little, a little less than two years ago. Um, and I'm still learning a bunch of stuff. I still make a lot of mistakes as a parent. Got a little Isabella. She's about to be two years old, and I got my wife ready to pop. She's been cooking a bun in the oven for a while, and that bun is, is about cooked. And so it's, it's going to be here any day now. Judah. <laughs> but, you know, when you become a parent, you look at things through a different lens. Anybody relate to that? You just, you look at things differently. Because you know that what you do not only affects you and, and your wife, 
But the things that you do now affect your children. You see, our choices, the choices we make can affect our children in a positive way and we can help spur them towards Christ. Or you know what? They can infect our children and birth something that wasn't meant to be there. And you know what's sad about it is that our kids sometimes, you know, are, that's not the way it's supposed to happen. Kids are, are infected and, and they can't do anything about it. Because it's what they're, they're permeated by and surrounded with. See, we as parents, we have a lot of influence. We have the power to, to affect or we have the power to infect our children. I read that verse. It said, it, it saddened me. It says, so Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod. And while he was living there, he had, he had children. And because of his sin... His children, his wife, all those in his family was, were affected by it. Sad. It's so sad. Can I tell you something today? Can I tell you there's good news? Come on and say good news. Come on and poke your neighbor lightly and say, come on, there's good news. There you go. Some of you guys did a, did a hard poke there. That's all right. Number three, what I see here is God's provision. Mm. God's provision. Come on, let's read 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Why don't you turn there in your Bibles or you can go ahead and read on the screen. But 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And Pastor Steve started to, he started to plow the way for this verse. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it or stand up under it. I like it. There's a way out. See, when we talk about provision, right away our mind maybe goes to our bank account or maybe to a 60-inch TV or maybe a brand new car. Mm, Jesus, I need a TV. Oh, I'm going to pray for that and fast for that for 30 days. Okay, see, but that's not, when God talks about provision, he's talking about, he's talk, there's, there's different definitions of provision, all right? See, he provides a way out for you to stand up under your temptation. There's hope, church. We don't have to be subdued by sin. We don't have to be overcome by sin, but we can stand up under it through God's grace. And let me tell you, let me tell you what I see here in this verse. Number one, the temptation you are face, facing, man, whew, the temptation you are facing is not different for what, from what others have went through. See, what you're going through, and I know Pastor Steve shared this earlier, other people are going through the same thing. Other people have gone through it. You know, these, these people, these characters in the Bible that we read about, they went through it. Some of them, you know, didn't do so good when they faced that test. But you know what? Some of them stood up under it. And they said, enough's enough, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out, and I'm going to win over this temptation. See, others have went through it, and others have conquered and won. And if they can do it, we can do the same. Number two, God is in control. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Let me tell you what I mean. See, Satan comes with his schemes when he's tempting us. But you know what? Satan tempts, tempts us only because God allows it. Let me say that one more time. Satan tempts us only because God allows it. So you know who's calling the shots in this whole ordeal? Not Satan. God is calling the shots. See, God is in control. It's not like Satan is doing whatever he wants, but God is limiting him. He's, he's kind of giving him boundaries, and he's in control, and he's calling the shots. 
You may say, well, why are we tempted? Why, you know, God, is God just trying to make us, uh, you know, have a hard time? No, God, temptation comes our way so that we can grow in Christ. See, those, uh, the, um, I believe James talks about um, difficult times and trials coming our way that they develop character and perseverance in us. They help us to grow. See, God is in control. The next thing I see here, he won't give us more than we can handle. If it was more than I could handle, I wouldn't be preaching this sermon today because I would say there's no hope, but there is hope. See, God doesn't, God doesn't give us anything that's too big for us, but he gives us what we can handle. And the last thing I love here that I see in this verse is that God will provide a way out. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, there's a way out. Come on, look at somebody and say, there's a way out. There's a way out. I lived most of my life in northeast Pennsylvania, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to wrap this up. But, you know, sometimes every once in a while we'll go visit my abuela in, in New York City, uh, uptown Manhattan, Washington Heights. She lived on 178th Street. And we would go visit her, and we would spend the day with her. And, uh, you know, it was a bittersweet thing because I was super bored out of my mind while we were there. You know, I was a little kid. There just wasn't anything to do there. So while I was there, I would do three things. Can I tell you what those things are? I would eat a lot of rice and beans. Okay. Anybody like rice and beans? That was, my, that was my diet for most of my life growing up. Rice and beans and a little bit of chicken every once in a while, okay? I would eat a lot of rice and beans. The other thing I would do is I would watch the WB and probably watch a lot of Charles Bronson and Steven Seagal movies, okay? Don't judge me. That's just what was on TV and that's what I would watch, okay? And the third thing I would do when we would do that and get tired of watching movies and tired of eating rice and beans, we would go play on her fire escape. I don't recommend that. But that's what we would do. So my sister and I, and, you know, we had tons of cousins. We're Spanish, so we have a bunch of cousins. And so there was always cousins over our house. So we would go out there, and we would just, you know, do mischief on the fire escape. Uh, but let me tell you, I don't know, we don't have a lot of fire escapes today. But let me tell you what a fire escape is. Somebody, anybody know what a fire escape is and does? Okay, I just want to, you know, we don't see them very much. But in New York City, every, every apartment, every apartment uh, uh, house has this uh, fire escape. And the reason is if there's a fire and you live on the 10th, 12th, 15th floor in this apartment uh, and, and the door is inaccessible, if there's fire in front of the door, you know what? You can't go to your window and jump out the window, can you? Because you're probably going to die before the fire gets you because you live so high in the apartment. But you know what? This fire escape was there because if, if everything was closed off and you had nowhere to go, you would go to this fire escape. And you would close the window and you wouldn't just stay there. But there was, there was a little a ladder that you can be able to bring down that led you all the way um, to the bottom floor. Sometimes not all the way to the bottom, but it led you pretty low where you can be able to escape. See, God provides a fire escape for us in the middle of temptation. Come on, church. There is an escape for you. There is a fire escape. We are all going to be faced Today, as you leave this room and as you go to your car, somebody may cut you off in the church parking lot and you're like, mm -mm, no, did Sister Cucaracha did not just cut me off in the parking lot when she knew I was there. And you can be at that crossroads already. See, but God provides a way out. There is a way out. Be encouraged today, church. There is a fire escape for you. Sin doesn't have to overcome. Doesn't have to pounce on you. I love that verse in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul speaking, and he says, you know what? Your power is made perfect in my weakness. 
See, sin is not something that we can be victorious of by our willpower. Willpower is not enough. I can mm, and do that, but if but it's not going to be enough for me to win over sin. I have to tap into God's strength. I have to tap in, tap into God's power because His power is made perfect in our weakness. The Bible says, "We if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness." See, God has promised to forgive us when we completely repent of our sins. And let me tell you this, repenting is not just confessing. That's not enough. Repenting is when you do a complete turn. And I know we talked about doing a 360 turn. That's not a good turn because you're going to end up in the same spot. But when you repent of your sins, you turn the complete other way and you run the other way. I want to pray for you this morning, this afternoon. And I, I don't want to assume that just because we are here and gathered in God's house and even with uh, what happened this morning, I know that there are people today that are struggling with sin. That you are struggling with sin, that maybe the ropes of sin are starting to, to come over you one by one, and you're starting to lose hope. You're starting to not see the light anymore. I want to pray for you today. And so I'm going to ask if you can all close your eyes, if every eye can be closed today. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you are struggling with sin, Maybe you're at that crossroads. Or maybe you, you've been, you, have, you are becoming overwhelmed by sin. And it's having its way in your life. As every eye is closed, I want you to slip up your hand today. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hands going up all over the place. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I see that hand. I see that hand back there. Thank you, God. We thank you that your divine power has given us everything we need in life. Father, I pray for these, these that uh, raised their hands today. Father, I thank you, God, that you have given us everything we need to be victorious over sin in our lives. Father, we just bind and rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus. Father, we bind and we rebuke the enemy, God, and we just, we speak your name, Jesus. We call upon the name of the Lord today, God. We know that in the name of Jesus, every demon and every, and every uh, devil has to flee in your name. Lord God, I, I just speak, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, I speak the generational sin and curses over people's lives to be broken in the name of Jesus today, God. I pray for those that are struggling with sin, God, that they would, that they would uh, see that fire escape, God, that, they would, that you would open their eyes, God, so that they would be able to see the escape that you have laid out for them. Father, we thank you that we can overcome sin, that we don't have to walk in this life 
Lord God, with the burden on top of us, God, but that we can be free in you. I pray that every chain would be broken today, oh God. I pray that every chain would be broken, God. Every yoke of slavery, God, would be broken in the name of Jesus today. Father, we, we pray for those that have lifted up their hands, God, and, and have desired to reach out. I pray, God, that in the name of Jesus, you would allow them to walk in victory, God, today. We thank you today for your hope. We thank you for your provision, oh God. And we ask you this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Lions, don't forget to get your candy bars. They're going to be actually right over here. And um, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to be in the front here at the altar uh, just for a couple minutes after the service. And um, if you need help uh, with something going on in your life, I'm not saying that I'm the answer or I know the solution. Uh, but I can pray with you and, and, maybe, uh, and maybe lead you in the right direction. So if you need help today, um, I'm going to be here in the front and you can just come see me. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You guys are dismissed today.